If you have your Bibles, we'll be in the book of Jeremiah. Turn to Jeremiah or turn on a device that will get you to Jeremiah chapter 17. Um, We are in a series called Growing in Christ, and each week we're looking at a a different memory verse. And here's one that maybe you've heard before. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I know I told you to turn to Jeremiah, but uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is on the front of your bulletin, inside there where we leave some space for sermon notes. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. This is a a verse of scripture that uh, preached on earlier this year. Just powerful that if we would trust in him, if we would not just lean on what we think is best, he's going to straighten things out for us. Um, you know, this morning I am fighting a cold. Those of you who've heard my voice before might hear a little bit in there. And I'm thankful that though I don't feel really sharp, uh, Pastor Marv told me a joke this morning and it only took me about 10 seconds to figure out the joke. Um, and it really wasn't that deep of a, of a joke, but man, I, I, was, I was not so sharp. But God's word is always sharp. It always cuts us gets and, and brings healing to us. The scripture says his, his word is sharper than any double-edged sword, and it pierces and it divides. It gets to the heart of things. And so we're going to look at the, 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 the assurance God gives us of guiding us. I was in a meeting with some people here at church not too long ago, and uh, we were just praying, God, what do you have us do? What would you want us to do? And then all of a sudden we heard, ding, somebody's cell phone, and we're like, check it. Maybe it's God. You know, like, wouldn't that just be really nice if he texted us? And no, it was just like the Taco Bell app or whatever uh, they had installed on their phone was was just giving them a, a sort of ding sound. Um, we want to hear from God. But most of us, we we don't believe God. We enthrone common sense and then tack the name of God on it. What should we do next in our career? What should we do next in a relationship? We do lean to our own understanding instead of trusting God with all of our hearts. We're so concerned about the next destination he's taking us to. Rather than the journey, Philip Yancey reminds us, we do well to remember that the Bible has far more to say about how to live during the journey than the ultimate destination. And so as we talk about guidance this morning, I want to specifically look at the word confidence. You know, the phrase, fake it till you make it, is not in the Bible, Fake it till you make it is certainly one of those things that we tell people is just like, oh, you just started a new job. Just pretend like you know what you're doing. Um, That doesn't work so well in some ways. If you would just ask people rather than pretend that you have it together and appear to be cocky when you have no real reason to be, you'd probably do a lot better. But there's a lot of us who are lacking real confidence, I mean, competence in a new job is one thing, but confidence, you know, the Bible never says self-confidence. It seems to speak about a confidence, a hope that we put in God. But many of us, our self-talk is so messed up when we go into something new, instead of saying, I can do it, or God's with me in this, we say things like, don't blow this. Don't mess this up. I remember I forget how many years ago, uh, 
years ago it was, that Lynn's sanity hit. There was this basketball player named Jeremy Lynn. He's a Christian guy. And uh, he mostly rode the bench in the NBA. So he was doing pretty well. He was feeling like maybe he should quit. And then finally, some uh, not finally, but some players got injured on the New York Knicks. And he comes in and starts averaging whatever it was, like 25, 30 points a game, Jeremy Lynn did. And I remember reading an interview with him. And he said, what happened, man? How did you go from somebody who was just riding the bench to somebody who now is leading the team? And he said, I made this shift. Rather than just saying, I'm going to go out there and not try to mess up, I'm going to go out there and try to do something amazing. I was trying to find that article this week, that I, I, but I remember that. And, and many of us, we're so insecure, we have no confidence. Or if we have confidence, it's placed in the wrong It's placed in somebody who's going to let us down rather than in a God who will never let us down. And so we walk around without confidence. We walk around insecure. There's at least four different ways that that looks. Number one is we become a people pleaser. We're always trying to make everybody around us happy. And I was reminded this week that unless you are an ice cream man, you cannot make everybody happy. You are not ice cream. And if you do serve it, I'm sure people complain. How many of you know somebody who's a people pleaser? I'm not feeling good this morning. Please me by, oh, it's raises our hand. Make him feel good. Yeah, we want to make people happy. My brother Andy calls uh, uh, the second type of insecurity um, that that shows in people, uh, he calls these people fishers. They put something out there. They post something on social media and say, oh, I feel so blah today. And they just want, they're fishing for other people to come in and go, oh, you're wonderful. Or they'll, they'll post a picture of themselves or put something out there. that, like, oh, I, I don't feel very pretty today. And everybody goes, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so muscular. You're so handsome. Because they're fishing for a compliment. They have no confidence that's, that's in God. They have no roots that go down deep, and so they're looking for other people. They're fishing. Or there's the one-uppers, who it's not okay that you might have something that they don't have. And so you say something, and they have to one-up it. You say, hey, my kid read the Bible today. And they go, well, my kid memorized the Bible in Hebrew yesterday. The whole book, the whole, even the New Testament, it's not written in Hebrew, but he memorized the New Testament in Hebrew. Or we went on vacation like last week and it was great. Well, we went on a vacation for three weeks on a private island that I bought. You know, we, there, Have you ever met a one-upper? who it's, it's not okay that you say you're sick. They say, well, I'm about to die from my disease. They're naming it after me. They don't even know what it is. One-uppers. But then there, there's a type of insecurity. I mean, one, one thing that, that we do when we're insecure, when we have no confidence, is nothing. We do nothing. It's uh, Robert J. Morgan who said, the lack of confidence is the biggest barrier to creativity. There's a lot of do-nothings. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. We don't want to be people who do nothing. We don't want to be people who overcompensate. 
or always one-upping or fishing. We want to be secure in Christ. So this is what the Lord says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. That sounds lonely. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a a tree planted by the water that sends out its, its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct according to what their deeds deserve. The tragedy is many of you are not living the life God has called you to live because you have no confidence. And so God might be guiding you in a certain direction, but because your hope is not in him, you worry about little stuff. Like if I go back to school, I'll be the oldest one there. If I learn this trade, everybody will look at me because I shouldn't, I'm not the type of person who normally does that sort of thing. Or I'm not going to apply for that job because they might shoot me down. I'm not going to ask her out. What if she says no? I'm not going to go to the gym. I'll be the, I'll be the most out-of-shape person there. There, there is a, a great contrast in these verses. In verse 5 and 6, those who trust in flesh, those who trust in people, rather than those who trust in God. So where is your confidence placed? Who is your confidence placed in? Our, our, our twin daughters who are 10 years old, both of them um, have to wear glasses now. And uh, they don't have to wear them all the time, and they, and they don't like to wear them all the time, and they take them off for various activities. But the thing we're trying to drill into them is don't just put them anywhere, right? I mean, some, some of you with wedding rings, you just... You, what, what are you doing with where are you putting that? And so they'll just leave it, and it's like, how is somebody not going to step on that? How are we not going to lose that thing? And so we ask them this question, uh, Maya, is that a good place to put it? Right? Like, like right there? Is that the spot? That's the question we ask. Is that a good place to put it? Your confidence, your hope, your trust where is it? Is it in your own intellect? Is it in somebody else's uh, relationship with you? Even a marriage can, I mean, your, your spouse should be a strong number two, but God should be number one. There are there are, I'm a little worried that many of us have placed too much confidence in our spouse. And if or when they die, can we quit pretending like, like death isn't a real thing? Like we're all never going to get sick? Like there's never going to be a, a drought? 
or heat. I'm a little concerned many of us are over-dependent on leaders in the church. Strikingly absent from so many lives are the concentration on God himself. So where is your confidence? I don't want to be like this person who's who's like a bush in the wastelands. I remember uh, I spent a a summer in, in Watford City, North Dakota, and it was a small place. It was so small, literally you would see tumbleweeds. I mean, that was it was just arid, it was that sort of it was that sort of climate, it was that sort of topography. This loneliness who draws strength from mere flesh like a bush in the wastelands, not even, in verse six, not see prosperity when it comes. You can't even see the good stuff coming. That person will dwell in the parched places of the desert and will live lonely, whose heart turns away from the Lord. You know, your heart can be far away, but your mouth can still sound close to God. You still say the nice things, but your heart can be far from him. Ravi Zacharias says, faith is confidence in the person of Jesus Christ and in his power, so that even when his power does not serve my end, my confidence in him remains because of who he is. Many of us want God to guide our lives exactly where we want to go. Not trusting him that he knows best. Only hoping his power will serve my ends rather than his. But blessed. What a contrast verses 7 and 8 have. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Living fearless, living confident, not worried. Craig Groeschel said, we don't live for God's approval, we live from God's approval. Religion says, I obey, therefore I am accepted. But the good news of Jesus says, I am accepted, therefore I obey. This reminds me, these verses remind me of Psalm chapter 1. I think Jeremiah forgot to quote his source here because it seems like he stole what was going on here. In, in Psalm chapter 1, Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank. This is the stolen part. Psalm 1-3, Jeremiah should say, hey, I'm I'm stealing from Psalm 1. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing their fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Maybe rather than asking God for the to-do list of what's next in our life, he instead wants to talk to us about what we are to be rather than just to do. 
that we're to be like trees that have their roots so deep. Hebrews chapter 13, verses five and six, God says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Does that say he's gonna leave? No, it never means never. So we say with confidence, because God says that, we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. We have such a skewed view of God. When I woke up this morning, I'm a parent. Um, some of you are parents and you'll admit it. Some of you won't, but you're a lot of parents here. I don't, I don't think any of you woke up with this this morning. I didn't wake up with this thought in mind. I really hope I can catch my kids doing something wrong today. I mean, have you woke up with that? Like, man, I really hope I can punish them today. I really hope I can find them doing the wrong thing. No, you don't do that. So if, if as parents like we are, we don't think that way, do you think God is out there hoping to catch us? Or is he, as Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you. He wants you to make it in the heat and in the times of drought. We are not to live in fear of when heat comes. This reminds me of when Jesus spoke about the wise man who built the house on the rock. It says, when the storm came. It's not if drought comes. There's going to be years of drought. There's going to be times in your life that you feel like, man, it's hot in here. And I'm feeling that right now, but that's probably a fever also. Um, but, you know, why are we surprised when our bodies will fail us? Our health will fail eventually. Why are we surprised when we're criticized? Jesus was criticized. He was perfect. Perfect. Why, when we're leading and we have to do things where we can't explain ourselves, why are we surprised when people start to turn up the heat on us? We are to build our, we are to be like a tree planted by the water, our roots down deep in Christ. Roots below the surface. Is there anything below the surface of your life? Are you fastened on down deep? Proverbs chapter 31 speaks of, of, of this woman. This, we call it just the Proverbs 31 woman. This virtuous woman. And it says in verse 25 that she can laugh at the days to come. She knows. There, there, there's this knowingness that she's rooted and established in love. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. 
So we don't trust in the flesh. In fact, verse 9 goes back to this thought, that the heart is deceitful above all things beyond cure. Who can understand it? So we have the solution, we have the cure, that the Lord searches the heart. He examines the mind. The heart is always the problem. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, it's not what comes out of your mouth that's the problem, it's what's in your heart. Love this verse from Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. My God completes what he starts. Our, the God of the scripture is one who completes. He will carry it. God is working on you. He will complete what he starts. We have a hope in heaven. Yes, the journey matters. But we know our destination. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, it says that, um, we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people, which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. I don't know where you stand with God, but you can have full confidence that you can be forgiven. You can put your roots down deep and trust him rather than living in the parched places of the desert. I want to end our service this morning with a time of prayer. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, more than just not knowing what's next, some of us don't have, um, don't have roots. I pray, God, that we would we would set up uh, so close to you, to your living water. Father, that we wouldn't trust the flesh. Father, that we wouldn't trust our, our own minds. Father, there's some here this morning who struggle with so much independence, so much, so much, um, so much pride. And, it's, and we can't even see when, when prosperity comes because we're, we're so caught up in our own, in our own thoughts and think that everybody else is ignorant and, 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 and messed up. And Father, I pray that we would be in, interdependent. We would be dependent upon you. We'd find ourselves trusting you more and more each day as we put down our roots deep in Jesus Christ. So God, I pray that you would guide us, help us to lean not on our own understanding. Help us to trust you with all of our heart. Lord, I, I thank you that you promised to make our path straight. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Friends, go in peace, have a wonderful day.